Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. I made a new friend. So every time I go for a walk, which is daily now, I think about my mom and stepdad. And when I go with a walk with them, it can take hours because they know every single person that we walk by. And not only do they know them, they know their names, they know their dogs' names, they know their kids' names, they know where their kids live, they know if they just came back from vacation or if they had a medical issue, they know everything about these people. And these people are beautiful and wonderful and I know some of you are actually watching, so if you watch one of these, please say hello to me. Um, and I've met them and they have become very close friends with my mom and Ken. And so when I'm going on my walk, I'm thinking, okay, they love their walk because they see so many people that they love. And I go on my walk and I may say, hey, hi to a few people, but I don't really know anyone that I pass. And I pass the same people almost every single day. I pass this couple that has a Great Dane that I think even standing on all fours is almost as tall as me. It's awesome dog. I pass this one man who has his face mask and every time I pass, he goes like this, which makes me feel terrible, but I understand he's obviously very afraid of disease and I respect that. And I also pass this older gentleman that is sitting on the same bench every day and he just smiles wide. Hello, Michelle. He smiles wide at me. And I thought, I'm going to meet him today. So I rerouted and went by the bench that he sits on every day. And I took off my headphones and looked at him and he looked up and I said, hi, I'm Cameron. And he introduced himself and we just started talking. And he told me about how he walks there every day and then sits on that bench twice a day and talks to his four children who are now all married, living around the world. One lives in London, one is in Pakistan, or maybe two are in Pakistan. He has 10 grandchildren. And he says, I am so content with my life right now. I can look back and say, I did it well. And he goes, Cameron, it's all about relationships. It's not about what you do. It's not about who you know, how much you make. It's about your relationships. And the most important relationships I have are with my kids. He had no idea what I did or if I was had a kid of my own at this point. Um, and we were talking and we started, he started sharing more, me more, sharing with me more of his philosophy because I was just wanted to know, you know, how do you have such a great relationship with your kids? And he said, you know, I made it a priority. And I see, he said, I see a lot of parents that first, first of all, relationships are all about understanding human nature. And I see a lot of parents 
that don't understand human nature or they don't necessarily apply what they know about human nature to their teens. And I'm shaking my head. I mean, my head still hurts a little bit from nodding in agreement so much. And when I told him what I do, he was just like, oh, that's wonderful. That's, you know, so happy that there's someone out there helping people have these relationships with their teens like I have with my teen, with my kids now. Um, and that was a critical time in our relationship. And I'm thinking about this on my way home and what I had learned from him and the fact that he now is so successful and has such a successful relationship with his kids years and years later, right? And still does. Um, and the fact that it's about relationships and how we often will view our kids. And I've noticed this myself. And when he said it, it really became like this aha moment for me is that we often have expectations for our kids that are outside the realm of natural human ability or outside of human nature. Let me tell you what I mean. As adults, when we don't get our way, how do we react? Are we happy about it? No, we're not happy about it when we don't get our way. How do we act when we don't get our way? How do we respond? There's really three key ways we respond as adults when we don't get our way. We acquiesce. We're like, all right, whatever. Okay, I don't get my way. I don't know very many of us that do that. I personally don't know anybody that does that. The other thing is we will argue um, and we will state our case and fight back and try to get at least somewhat our way or at least make it clear why we have our way. This is, I think, is a very common way. And if you don't believe me, go to any Facebook community board and read just one or two of the posts and you will see people arguing that don't get their way. In fact, it is so bad right now that there's a name for it. Karen. We call people Karen now and Karens now and Karens are these people that don't get their way and are going to fight to get their way to the point of being quite annoying, right? And the third way we do it is we ignore it. Okay, you say I can't do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm still going to do it. Who are you to tell me what I can do? This is how we act as adults, but yet as parents, we always expect our kids, our teens to acquiesce. We want them, even though they're not getting their way to say, okay, mom, you're right, dad. I'm just going to go with it and do what you say, even though it's not what I want. And if adults can't do this, who have a lot more experience and practice doing it all different ways and knowing the repercussions of doing, the, of arguing or ignoring, we also have the mental capacity, this executive functioning that can predict into the future how our reaction is going to impact long-term, which our teens don't. If we still argue and push back, if we still have hissy fits 
and temper tantrums when we don't get our way? How are we expecting and getting angry with our teens when they act that way? And you say, well, Dr. Cam, I'm the authority. I'm the parent. They need to respect me and do as I say. You've got a point. You are the authority. But if you are under an authority, say your boss is a dick. <laughs> if your boss is just demanding of you things that you don't necessarily think are fair to you and gives you no way to express how you feel, are you gonna be okay with that? Or are you going to argue? Or are you gonna ignore? But if your boss is somebody that is a leader who explains the reason why, who listens to you back and gets your ideas as well and gets your viewpoints before making a decision and you feel like they are making the decision that's in your best interest, knowing full out what your best interest is from your point, are you going to be much more amenable to the decisions that they make? I'm guessing yes. So when our kids don't get the way they get what they want and they push back, instead of thinking what we're currently thinking is they're being disrespectful and they're making my life difficult, we should be thinking my teens are acting exactly the way most human beings act when they don't get their way. It doesn't make it any easier on us. It makes it hard on us. But we want to take it from the point of let's understand human nature and how do we work with human nature when they're upset and my my friend that i just met who has a great relationship with his kids his way was what he said was if you express something and they don't like it and they fight back express it in a different way and listen to them to understand what their concerns are and express it in a way that addresses their concerns. When we don't like, well, when we don't get our way, if somebody says to us, I'm sorry that you don't like this. I hear that you don't like this. I wish that I had a better solution for you or let's figure out a better solution for you or let me at least understand why you're upset does that make us feel better or worse usually makes us feel better and we feel like at least we're being heard but as parents we often are too busy or we are too frustrated with their disrespect to take that step and say let me first empathize that you don't like my decision and let me understand what your concerns are. And here's a little insight to you to actually help you rethink this even more. Arguing is not a form of disrespect. It is actually a form of respect. Wait, what? Arguing is a form of respect. How in the world can that be? Let me explain this to you. When we argue, when our teens argue with us, they're expressing their, their 
unhappiness, their displeasure in what we're saying. But they feel that A, they're comfortable enough with us to express their displeasure. And two, they are recognizing that we are an authority that they need to express their displeasure to, that they need to convince us. They need us to say yes for it to be okay. So they are actually, by arguing, saying, mom, dad, I recognize that you are the authority, that what you say goes. I don't like it, so I'm going to try to get you to change your mind. The form of disrespect would be, okay, mom, okay, dad, I hear you, and then go and do what, they, what you said not to do anyway. That's the disrespect. They may not argue and fight back. They're just ignoring you. They're not showing you that they respect you enough to try to get you to change your mind. Now, when they argue, I want you also to think, arguing is a form of higher mental functioning, which means it is a sign of healthy brain development and self-identity awareness. They now have the ability to think these are other ways that this could be done. They have arguments and they also are thinking that I want, I have my own opinion and I want to express it. Doesn't mean they do it well. In fact, most of them do it pretty poorly. A lot of adults do it pretty poorly. Why? Because we don't ever learn how to argue well, because when we're teens growing up, when we're arguing, we're shut down and we're not given the opportunity to learn to argue well. So here's my challenge to you. And no, this isn't going to be easy. But I'm also telling you, having your child constantly nagging you and begging you and bringing up the same thing you already said no to over and over again, that ain't easy either. In fact, that's annoying. So here's something to try instead. When you ask your teen to do something and your teen pushes back and argues, instead of getting angry, I want you to first think my teen is acting exactly as most human beings would act in this circumstances, including myself. That's you, not me, you and me, both of us. I want to teach my teen to be able to state their case and argue their side because I don't want my teen to just go into the world as a human being that acquiesces to all authority without questioning it, nor do I want them to ignore authority and just do what they want. I want them to actually have an opinion and argue their case. So how can I teach them to do that? By first empathizing and recognizing that their opinion is different than yours. I get it. You don't like this decision that I've made. You don't like what we're doing. I understand that and I understand that you, why you don't. I will agree to listen to your side of this and I'll give you five minutes to state your case. You can either have it right now or you can take some time to really think about it. But once your case is set and I've listened to it, you need to also recognize that I'm the parent and I have the authority to make the final decision. So once 
that decision is made, we need to go with that decision. Do you want to make your case now or do you want time to think about it? Hopefully your teen will realize I need to have a good case. So just complaining about it now might not be my best opportunity and go back and actually create a case. And here's the thing that I would like you to do is stand by your word and actually listen to their case. If they make a good point, point it out. That was a really good point. I might need to think on that or that is a good point. I appreciate where you're coming from. Here's why that still does not change my mind. And then you can either, at the end of their case, rethink it and maybe even change your mind or stick with your case and say, I heard it, they know you heard it, and this is why I'm staying the same. And I'm already feeling pushback from you all saying, this seems like a lot of work when they should just listen to me. Yep, but your teen is not going to just roll over and listen to you. They shouldn't. They're a human being with an opinion and a mind and feelings. You want to teach them how to argue. And by them arguing and you giving them the ability and the opportunity to state their case is not undermining your authority. It's actually strengthening your authority and strengthening their trust and respect in you because they know that you value what they say and you take it into consideration and you become more of a wise guide than a dictator who's not listening. This gentleman that I met, I know I was meant to meet him because his words were so confirming, but also they were, they were life experience. They were wise. He has lived, he's, he's, he has lived his full life. He has raised his family. He has let his family go and he is now reflecting back on his life and his entire life, the things that rise to the surface of what is most important to him were his relationships with his family who he built through understanding and compassion and treating them as though they were full humans that had human nature and understood their human nature and worked with it. And I love that. If you have any questions or want help understanding this more, you know where to reach me, www.askdrcam.com, A-S-K-D-R-C-A-M.com. You can email me, my phone number is there, you can call me, set up a one-on-one -on -one free private session with me to talk this through. And I can help you understand your teen's human nature and the best way to navigate that without as much conflict and frustration and sleepless nights and worry. And I know that's what we all want. We all want a better relationship with our teens. And that's exactly what I'm here to help you do. 
I will see you tomorrow. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.